When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey, how are you doing, man? How's it going? It's going all right. How are you today? Pretty good, thanks. Good. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for taking time to join us for TPQ20 today. How's it uh, going? Good. Pretty nice good. Good. Nice to virtually meet yeah, you. Definitely. Uh, I like what you're doing with, with uh, the poetry question. Thank you so much. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's taking off, huh? It, it is, it's, it's hitting the right time right now. Yeah, it take, uh, yeah. I started it 10 years ago as a classroom project. I had a student who challenged me to prove the relevancy of poetry in the 21st century. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and it just, uh, it has morphed quite a bit and I finally have the right team at the right time. And um, there's, it's, it's fun. So I know who you are, but if you right. were going to give your elevator pitch to who you are to uh, the poetry question audience, who are you? Well, my name is Jose Hernandez Diaz. I'm from Southern California, originally from Northern Orange County. I've been in Southeast LA County for the past uh, 15, 20 years. And, um, I started writing poetry and short stories in high school after an influential teacher went to JC and UC Berkeley and uh, MFA program and um, recently published a chapbook last year called The Fire Eater. And um, yeah, I've been writing for about professionally for about 10 years. Um, So yeah, I have the chapbook and I have two full length manuscripts as well that I'm submitting right now. That is awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of fire. I'm a big fan of prose poetry. I don't think prose poetry gets its uh, gets its fair shake all that time. Um, right. I, think I came up in a, my background is in 16th to 19th century British poetry. So like I right. grew up like I love the idea of form, and then the idea that you could take really everything you wanted to say and just craft language and not have to worry about kind of the spatial structure so much. And it's like free verse with a little bit more of like a tinge of of pointed purpose um right and i i love that um there are not a there are not a lot of poets right now doing uh doing prose poetry at least that we uh that we get to hear about all that often um you and daniel rose uh are kind of two of the like two of the you know at the forefront right now um and i love what you're doing with it fire eater is amazing absolutely an amazing chap and i i hope people uh, definitely run out and take a read through it. Um, Thank you. So, absolutely. Uh, so let's jump right in. What are your uh, main passions when it comes to the world of poetry and literature? Well, I have mostly two interests, the prose poetry, of course, and also like the first half of my, my full-length collections are primarily uh, verse, lineated verse, um, about being Latinx, first generation, Chicano, um, grew up low income, 
so a lot of my, the first half of both of my full-length manuscripts are primarily um, about my about my real life. And then the second half is the surreal prose poetry where I think right now people maybe know, know me a little bit more for that because of the Fire Eater, because it came out first. So yeah, that's, those are primarily my two main interests. I used to be into short stories as well, but sort of drifted away from that in flash fiction as well. It's actually an interesting question then what do you feel is the difference between especially you say flash fiction so what do you think is that difference between flash fiction and prose poetry well i think flash fiction it tends to be longer of course and um a little more interested in plot and and uh, character development i think um prose poetry is obviously shorter and um more interested in image or riffing on on a um with some sort of poetic technique and absurdity surrealism i think tends to be more in, in prose poetry as well nice love that uh how about outside of the world of poetry what who are you outside of poetry <laughs> outside of poetry um well i'm an editor but that's kind of in poetry still um <laughs> but all but all, outside i would say that i'm someone that um i used to play football so i have a background in, in sports and i like to watch sports in my free time sort of just something completely different from poetry and and um, root for the local LA teams. Um, I recently started going to the gym a lot, so I'm kind of into that right now, just to like get healthier and, and um, to feel better and, and balance it out more with, uh, with the writing, because for a while there, I was just into writing only. And yeah. I thought sports was, and, and writing was like, I didn't think they could coincide. I thought it was, you know, sort of that jock world that I left behind. But um, now I'm just doing it, you know, for for health reasons and, and balance. And um, and the sports is just a way to sort of not be thinking about poetry all the time. Right. You know? Wait, so you mean to tell me that athletes uh, can also write poetry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like initially when I was younger, you know, I, I thought cause I played football and, and uh, you know, I actually played and um I was a lot skinnier (laughs) um but um so I thought I wanted to be an artist I was reading Salinger and and um and a Camus and and I wanted to be a writer but I thought like I had to abandon you know lifting weights and (laughs) and all that and just sort of focus on reading and so yeah I kind of I kind of uh fell into that stereotype of you know isolating myself and you can kind exactly. of be one. You can be the uh, the jock, or you can be the uh, exactly. The yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you so? Like, given you've had a your your last couple of years have been pretty amazing uh, as far as your trajectory has gone. But you said you've been at this, you know, for quite a while. Uh, it wasn't like you just started three years ago. Oh, um, right. So what is what's your process when it when it comes to sitting down and writing what do you feel like has become your your kind of process for things and how has it developed and are there superstitions that go along with that or rituals that you do well for a while there i was writing quite frequently in the morning um i sort of have trouble sleeping so i wake up early anyway and um i like when it's quiet and and um your mind is sort of a little less rapid at that hour, I think. So you're just kind of like in between dream and and and, and awake state. Yeah. So I, I would I tended to write in the morning, 
about three three prose poems in the morning a day, uh, especially during poetry month. I was trying to write every day, but then I took the summer off and I haven't written since last night because um, I got a new computer and I was excited about that. So I'm kind of open to like I'll have I'll have periods of writing where I'm writing quite frequently in the mornings and then other points where I just sort of I'm not that inspired to write and uh, it's okay because I've written a lot already you know now when you say you write you know you get up and write like three prose poems in that morning right. what is that do you have like a theme that you're working on going into it or is it just sitting down and you just kind of you just kind of like you know throwing words at the page well like the first one I wrote was called Ode to a New Computer because I got a new computer. <laughs> awesome. So sometimes I like take literally anything that just happened that day. The gym, because I started going to the gym again. So I wrote one about the gym. And the other one was uh, just playing around with, uh, it was called One Year Anniversary. And um, so it was it was sort of uh, playing with the idea of of one and um, a, sing- a guy gave uh, his girlfriend a single rose and that's I started with that line because it was their one year anniversary and then I just sort of um, improvised from there with things that they did for their anniversary that were related to one nice very yeah. cool um in your run up to uh up to now um what have been those pitfalls that you've found along the way? How do you how do you kind of deal with those the struggles and the pitfalls? Has there been a major one that kind of gave you that huge stumbling block for a little while um and how did you deal with that well i think for me balancing my um my regular life and and um being more balanced because when i started writing initially i was sort of isolating myself and and um i kind of it's almost like you think it's cool to like just isolate yourself and then you just become that way naturally you know and even if you like sort of like that and um, now um, I'm trying to be more balanced, but other pitfalls are like, you know, professional jealousy and just like, um, you know, um, family not really understanding poetry when you're Mexican American and they want you to be like construction worker or something. And um, that was a big, a big thing, you know, um, even after I won the NEA fellowship, I remember asking my mom, um, not to put her on blast, but um, <laughs> I asked her, do you think I'll make it, you know, now that I got this fellowship? And she was like, no, she's like, this writers, is, they don't make it, you know? So um, she don't, re- she doesn't really know that much about writing and my family doesn't in general. So um, that's when I wrote the fire reader about, about a fire reader that was abandoned by his family and he had to make it on his own, uh, you know, doing, fire tricks on Hollywood Boulevard. So a lot of my writing is sort of like that, like masked and, and um, written through the third person, but sometimes it's about my, about my own life. It's interesting because the, with your, with your family kind of in that, like, how are you going to make it as a poet type where I, I always, I remember uh, I had a teacher at one point tell, uh, tell our class that only 2% of the writers in the world make enough money to make it as a poet or make it as a writer. Right, one of the most demoralizing things I've ever heard. Yeah, and where does I guess where does your love of writing then come from? Does anybody else in your family write and just maybe hide it, or how did that how did that come about then? Well, no, like my family, I have um, we're first generation. 
um, like I said, low income, but we do have three English majors in the family. We're a family of six, so half of us are English majors. And, um, but my sister's taught English. Well, one of my sisters taught high school English, and the other one is, uh, she ended up going to Harvard and, and doing like political science and, and, and uh, she got her master's in that. But um, so, yeah, they're aware of, of um, writing in English. And <laughs> back then, I was a little more less structured. Now, I'm, you know, I'm teaching every now and then and editing. So um, I think once I found my footing in, in um, editing and, and teaching, which initially I was like, I, I can't teach, you know, I, I was too um, intimidated by, you know, public speaking and things like that. Right. But once I sort of broke out of that, I started getting published a lot. I think that's what, that's why I was doing it. Like trying to get published so much was like, I felt eventually you're just going to get published so many places that you're going to feel less insecure about um, poetry. You know, I've never seen a, a Mexican male teach poetry or English for that matter. And I have a poem called that was accepted at crazy horse. That was called, I never had a Mexican American teacher growing up. So, um, you know, that was one thing, you know, never seen a teacher that looked like me and, I had great teachers though. Um, but um, so, yeah, I think um, the family uh, now they're more supportive. I think they've right. always been supportive in terms of other things, obviously shelter and, and uh, just like essentials, but in terms of understanding who I was or like, they just think it's a lot of people just think it's a joke around here. You know what I mean? Like you don't really mention you're a poet around here. <laughs> yeah. No, I always remember telling people I was a creative writing major with, you know, background in like 16th to 19th century British poetry and people looking at me like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, like, I can teach. That's, that's, and that's, and I think that, like, I love the fact that you're able now to have that confidence to go out and teach those classes and do, and do the public portion of it um, because you have that voice that really brings uh, community and home and like person, just like personal, uh, you have a you have a good way of bringing yourself into the reader. So like, if I don't have all of your experiences, I always find that with your pieces, I I get enough out of the visuals and out of the imagery that I'm there with you. And there's a really it's a really comfortable and nice feeling. Um, and thank you. Um, and uncomfortable, which is, you know, some of the purpose of art and poetry yeah. is to make the reader as uncomfortable as possible. Um, definitely. And I think you definitely hit on all of that. Um, what are you excited about right now? What is going on in the world of poetry and literature that you are just super excited about? Well, honestly, I've been taking sort of step backs from like what, what's going on in poetry because um, I used to get on Twitter a lot. I still get on Twitter, but it can be sort of negative a lot. A lot of just like the, the stuff I see on there. And I even hear people talk about like uh, toxic positivity. And I get it, you know, you know, the, the real world's hard and poetry's hard. But sometimes I feel like if you just try to be positive on there, like people just like think you're being fake or like, you know, not keeping it real or something. But um so yeah, I've been sort of get not really scrolling too much on there, but um, I am excited that there's more diverse voices nowadays and in the past, of course. And um, shout out to you know our predecessors and uh, that sort of went without being heard, you know, right. or were more isolated in the past. And um, so yeah, I'm more excited about that, the diverse voices, and um, 
just um, there's a lot more journals and presses probably I'm assuming so there's a lot just, of youth like a lot of youth yeah. journals and presses which is amazing yeah. they're like uh they're like 16 to 24 year olds who are who are coming out of the woodworks with like yeah. presses that that do that are magically doing really well overnight it's it's pretty cool to see that yeah I like that aspect of it that that it can sort of grow and, and turn so fast and uh, if it's done right I think you know yeah so yeah very cool. Yeah, I think there are a lot more eyes. It looks like right now, and, and I teach middle school, and I think there are a lot more eyes on the world of poetry than it has been. I think there was a poetry gets a really bad rap, and I think unfortunately teachers do a teachers do an injustice by making poetry sometimes kind of boring, like a have to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really fun to see the the diversity of the poetry community right now is amazing because I can hand you know a middle schooler. A poem and say you know read this it, it sounds like you it looks like you it feels like yeah. you um where like you know it's important yeah like an Edgar yeah. Allan Poe piece is great but it's not yeah. gonna necessarily make a kid go oh this is how I feel right now yeah uh, and I think that's that's what's amazing in this in this current world of, of, of upcoming poets it's it's pretty awesome to see that yeah I think um a lot of the initial stigma with poetry comes from from that, from the high school experience, predominantly, you know, uh, white white males from the from the past, but um, I know I've done readings before, and and men will come up to me and say, you know, oh, I loved your stuff. Um, I just came because my wife made me, and, you know. <laughs> but I think when you have different voices and different experiences that are being heard, I think um, it and in everyday language and and um, things that are more relatable and. I think people see that you can write about boxing, you can write about football, you can write about baseball, you can write about anything, you know? And um, yeah, I, I think that that, help, that helps um, contemporary poetry. Like you're saying, it's, get, it's getting a little bigger now in the sense where it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little more cool now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. It is a little bit more cool now to, yeah. to enjoy, enjoy a poem. Or at um, least I think the younger generation is also um, more about expressing themselves and, and being themselves. At least that's what I see from like my niece and, and her and her uh, crew, her friends. They're more into like accepting people for who they are and, you know, and things like that. So. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, very cool. Uh, what do you have coming up that we should keep an eye out for? Well, right now in the, the fall, I have some poems coming up in Crazy Horse and uh, Witness that I'm excited about. And also, um, yeah, the, the two full lengths, one is called The Parachutist and the other one is called The Magician. And um, yeah, hopefully they get picked up soon and I could be, I could hopefully start, um, you know, reading some poems at AWP next year. Ah, that'd be fantastic. Well, hopefully yeah. we, will, uh, we will see you uh, at AWP next year. And uh, we will keep reading and keep looking out for what you've got coming up. Thank you so much for joining us today on CGG20. Thank you. Anytime. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and